0: If you take a supplement that doesn't increase testosterone, but it makes you feel better, is that not good compared to using a supplement that increases testosterone, but you don't feel anything? What is up my sunlight samurai? Hans here. In this video, I'm going to go through Christopher Walker's uh, Testro X supplement to see if it's really a good supplement what's my thoughts on it is does it have the right ingredients the right doses is there anything that i think could be improved changed? and what else would i recommend so christopher walker has been uh, basically writing about testosterone optimizing testosterone optimizing lifestyle uh, how to train specifically how to train for increasing testosterone for a long time now so he and ali uh, Kopala from anabolic men has been doing this for a very long time And when I just started out, I was reading Anabolic Men, and this kind of also started me on my journey. So this is not a hate video. This is not to say that they're doing a bad job. They're doing a really good job. They've done the research. They've done everything great. So with the available data that they had back then, did they create a good product? So with that being said, I want to to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, testosterone boosters in general, and then I'm going to go into discussing his video that he discusses uh, how and why they created the product that they made. So... Uh, basically, people want to increase testosterone because they associate testosterone, low testosterone with symptoms like fatigue, low sex drive, poor sleep, inability to build muscle and lose fat, um, you know, brain fog, you know, those kind of stuff. Not not feeling androgenic and stuff like that. So they associate low testosterone with a certain feeling. Association, right? Association is not always causation. So just because they feel a certain way, does not mean they have low testosterone. And just because They have low testosterone doesn't mean that is the cause of their low symptoms, but oftentimes increasing testosterone by natural means can make you feel better. But is it because of the increase in testosterone or is there something else? So with that in mind, this is what I'm trying to convey to my audience, to you guys, is basically if you take a supplement that doesn't increase testosterone, but it makes you feel better, is that not good compared to using a supplement that increases testosterone, but you don't feel anything? So why do you want to use a supplement? It's because you want to improve how you feel. So just because a supplement doesn't improve testosterone or increase testosterone doesn't mean you shouldn't be using it. Just because a a supplement increases testosterone means you should be increasing it. Now, everyone has a different reason for why they feel a certain way. So, someone might have low testosterone because they have high estrogen or they have high prolactin or they have high inflammation or they're not eating enough or they're doing intermittent fasting or there's so many different ways or maybe they're overexercising. You know, there's multiple different reasons why a specific person might have low testosterone. So, these testosterone boosters will not be a one-size-fits-all because it can't cover all of these different aspects why someone have hypogonadism so you want to know why do you have hypogonadism or low testosterone symptoms and then you want to address your specific case what's going on with you but i do think there is obviously certain foundational things that you could implement first that's going to make sure that you are in a good place and then you can specialize and do different things so what I always recommend is make sure you eat correctly, you do your your lifestyle correctly, and just by doing that, the diet and lifestyle will take you to a high level where you reach a baseline where you most likely will not need any supplements. And this is exactly what I discuss how to do in the Alpha Energy Metal course, link in the description for you guys. It's about eating the right foods and living the right lifestyle. With that in check, you most likely don't need supplements, but you can add in a supplement if you want, but that's not guaranteed to help you unless... You do blood work or you somehow intuitively know what is wrong with you and then use a specific supplement to fix that problem. Anyway, so let's dive into uh, his thing. First of all, he's going to talk about supplements that it didn't include in his uh, supplement and the reason why, and then he's going to discuss what he added and reasons why. So let's dive in.
1: Uh, The first one is Tribulus. It really has no convincing uh, human evidence showing increases in testosterone levels. But if you look, almost every test booster on the market has Tribulus in it because it's kind of got, turned into this whole me too thing where they look at some at one study, you know, and then, and then it gets perpetuated on the, on the bodybuilding forums or whatever, where people just think, you know, oh, because someone else said tribulus works, it, that it does work and so on and so forth, but it doesn't. So we didn't want to have tribulus in it. Tribulus is not a good option.
0: So first he talks about tribulus. Now, as I just mentioned, just because a supplement doesn't increase testosterone doesn't mean you shouldn't use it, it's useless. He basically said like, it doesn't work. What is his definition of it doesn't work? He should have specified to say it doesn't increase testosterone, but it does work to make you feel better depending on your specific situation. For in my case, I had a really good experience with triple S terrestris. I used the Now brand, three grams on a daily basis. And at that time, my specific situation, I was hypothyroid. I was in a low androgen, high stress, hypothyroid state. I wasn't doing very good, right? So I used tribulus that really helped to calm me down and get rid of my social anxiety. It had made me feel more calm, feel more energy, more androgenic. It improved my sleep quality. It improved my libido, a lot of good stuff. I got a lot of benefits from using tribulus. I didn't expect it to increase my testosterone. I didn't care about that. Now, I did write an article on on tribulus that is not as useless as people think it is. I will link that article for you guys in the description if you want to check it out. And the research basically shows that obviously... You have to source it correctly. You have to get it specifically from um, Bulgaria. Now, the thing is like these people that study tribulus don't always, or most of the time, they don't get their tribulus from Bulgaria. That means the ingredients that they need, like for example, protodioskin, which is responsible for most of the androgenic effects, is not going to be found in the supplement and it's not going to have as good of effect. So you're going to find "Mm, tribulus doesn't work because you're using the wrong, wrong kind of tribulus or the wrong dose. So you want to make sure you get a good tribulus and then study that. And when you actually do study the right kind of tribulus, you do see that it increases DHEA and then also DHT. So it increases the 5-alpha-reduced steroids. So it does increase your total androgenic pool, which is important for having (coughs) pro-gaba effects, increasing libido, increasing dopamine, making you feel better. This is what we want. We want to be that alpha-energy male. And tribulus can make you feel better, regardless if it increases testosterone or not. So in my opinion, it is a good supplement, but you need quite a bit. And that's probably why you couldn't add it into a supplement because you need about, depending on the extract, three to 1.5 grams of tribulus to really get a good effect. So I wouldn't say it's useless. It is good. It can make you feel
1: much better. And that's why you can use it because it makes you feel better. That's what you want. Uh, Maca root is also not a good option. Maca maca is an aphrodisiac, it is not, it's a good superfood or or a good food that you could consume and it'll help with your libido, but it has no convincing evidence showing increases in testosterone. And if you're formulating a test booster, if you're formulating a testosterone boosting, uh, you know, compound or formula, you have to have stuff in it that will increase testosterone, not just be an aphrodisiac with no actual increase in testosterone. So, maca, we did not want to include maca in it.
0: So, maca, as you mentioned, it is an aphrodisiac, so that can make you feel more horny and can improve your sexual function. So, again, people associate low testosterone with having low libido, low sexual function, ED, premature ejaculation, those kind of stuff. So, if you're going to use an aphrodisiac that doesn't increase your testosterone, but it improves your symptoms, why not use it? But he says, like, if you're going to create a testosterone booster, um, you don't want to include something that doesn't, that isn't going to improve your testosterone, regardless of it, how it makes you feel. But the point is now you include ingredients that might not improve how you actually feel because it's so geared towards increasing testosterone. Oh, I use this compound, increase my testosterone by 300, but it didn't change how I feel. Is that a good ingredient to use? I would rather use a compound that makes me feel better. That solves my problem than versus using a compound that increases testosterone, but it doesn't do anything for me. So I've heard a lot of people talk to me that, that message me that they went on TRT because they had low testosterone. They think they would solve their problems and it did nothing for them. It was highly disappointing. It didn't solve their problems. So this is not the majority. This is just a few people that message me. TRT is not always the answer. Increasing testosterone is not always the answer. So when you look at these natural compounds, there are different ways that they can improve how you feel than just through testosterone. Testosterone is not the only means to the end that you want.
1: Uh, the next one is fenugreek. Now, fenugreek has research showing increases in testosterone levels. However, it will increase your testosterone production, or it will increase testosterone, serum testosterone levels by inhibiting DHT conversion. Which, for those people who know that, who know what DHT is and why it's important, uh, you would not want to sacrifice your DHT levels just to have more circulating testosterone. Because that testosterone, you, you hear a lot about people that, that will inhibit DHT production to get more testosterone uh, unknowingly, because most people, if they knew, uh, what they were doing, they wouldn't do it. Uh, they feel crappy. They feel bad. They, you don't, you're not going to feel good. You, you might have higher testosterone levels, but your DHT has taken a massive hit, so you're not going to feel good. So that is not a good way to do it, especially when there are other good options.
0: So he talks about fenugreek, and I have to disagree with him here. There is an in vitro study that showed that fenugreek did inhibit 5-alpha reductase, but there are human studies where they gave these people um, fenugreek, and they actually saw an increase in dhd and the other reason why people don't want to use fenugreek is because they fear it might increase prolactin but again a human study showed that fenugreek didn't increase prolactin so it doesn't lower dhd and it doesn't increase prolactin now you might ask why does it help with uh you know lactation basically people can use it and it improve milk production how is that if it's not through prolactin well it does so by increasing oxytocin and also ig of one So IGF-1 can help you recover faster from exercise. IGF-1 is also involved with the libido process, stimulating uh, the growth of new neurons and restoring the dopaminergic nervous system. So it helps with a lot of different things like high levels of IGF-1, not like abnormally high, high levels is put your body in a state where it feels like I'm fed, I can reproduce, right? So you want that IGF-1 and oxytocin on the other hand can make you feel really good and loving and, and peaceful and good stuff. So fenugreek is a good supplement that you can use it has been shown to improve exercise performance it increased testosterone um maybe not like significantly but it can increase testosterone doesn't lower dht and it doesn't increase black so it's not a bad supplement to use
1: Uh, the next one is saw palmetto and you see that in a ton of of, uh, test boosters and in prostate uh, prostate health supplements Uh, but saw palmetto has a lot of of, uh, negative side effects but it also like fenugreek it also inhibits dht so we said we're not doing that
0: and lastly, it talks about salt palmetto. This is correct. Salt palmetto does lower DHD, although it has mainly been specifically studied for prostate issues. But a lot of people have actually said that using higher doses of salt palmetto gave them similar symptoms to uh, PFS, post finasteride syndrome, giving them sexual dysfunction symptoms. So I'm definitely not a fan of salt palmetto. There's a lot of better things that you can use for prostate problems. That I'm not going to get into in this video. But yeah, sulfometer, so that that's a good one not to include include in a testosterone booster.
1: We're also not going to put D-aspartic acid in it because, contrary to what, uh, you know, D-aspartic acid had basically this huge uptick, and people, you know, th- there was a study that came out, and, and even here we read about it on anabolic men Health. At first, it looked very convincing as a test booster, uh, but then more follow-up research came out showing no effects on testosterone, even a decrease in testosterone levels actually in humans by using d acid. So the, the evidence is so conflicting with it that we said it's not worth even touching. It's it's not convincing.
0: So here he talks about the aspartic acid, and that one excites the pituitary to release luteinizing hormone. You stimulate the production of testosterone. It's an excitement. So the research showed that it, it can increase testosterone, but usually it's only up to two weeks. You get the spike and then go back down to normal. So it's not a good supplement to use if you want to boost your testosterone specifically. So... Not a good supplement, I wouldn't recommend it either.
1: But the first thing is magnesium. Now, magnesium benefits testosterone production in a lot of ways. Uh, First off, it is one of the uh, main micronutrients that your body needs as a building block to help fuel testosterone production. It also will greatly reduce, and there's a lot of evidence on this, it's going to reduce circulating levels of SHBG. Now, one of the, the pitfalls of a lot of these other these crappy test boosters on the market is that they only look at, uh, like we've seen with fenugreek and metal. they only look at trying to only increase circulating testosterone levels, even if it's at the expense of other things, uh, like inhibiting DHT or increasing estrogen or, or decreasing free testosterone. So, we wanted to build a supplement that helped increase free testosterone by decreasing SHPG levels, which is sex hormone binding globulin. Uh, SHPG binds to circulating testosterone and makes it so they can't bind to receptor sites. So, having lower SHPG levels will increase the amount of bioavailable testosterone in your body, and magnesium will achieve that end and uh, but we also wanted to make sure that none of the ingredients in it were actively inhibiting DHT uh, conversion so uh, basically you're going to have with, with the formula you're going to have healthy DHT levels you're going to have healthy serum testosterone levels and you're going to have healthy free testosterone levels now magnesium supplementation and, and uh, high magnesium levels in uh, in blood serum are consistently linked to, to some things here and we're going to show you these studies uh, first off Higher free testosterone in test tube studies that's the first thing so that's not it, that's that in and of itself is not indicative of uh, good evidence however we're going to look at the rest the next thing is higher free testosterone levels in exercising men which most people watching this exercise in some capacity higher free testo- higher testosterone levels in elderly males so uh, we get this question all the time here at Anabolic men guys are hey I'm, I'm, old, I'm over 40 or I'm over 50 or I'm over 60 can I still see increases in my testosterone levels by using certain supplementation or nutrition training and the answer is yes it's not it's it's not just you know you magically cross some threshold where nothing works for you anymore so this study helps to reiterate that with the proper magnesium supplementation, you can see higher T levels in elderly males. Uh, there's also, uh, there's, there's a review here that, that shows a big positive correlation with all anab- anabolic hormones uh, and deficiency in magnesium, as expected, is linked to low testosterone levels. So we have the right amount of bioavailable form of magnesium here in Testorex.
0: So magnesium is the next ingredient containing about 150 milligrams of magnesium citrate. Now, magnesium is a great supplement. If you're deficient in magnesium, that can lead to lower levels of testosterone. So getting rid of that deficiency, replenishing yourself with magnesium can increase testosterone and also free testosterone and improve the testosterone to estrogen ratio. Very good supplement overall. Magnesium is also really important for the production of ATP. So the better your body is in a a fueled state in producing ATP, you know, fat and fueled and it knows it's not starving, the better it will be able to produce testosterone. And also magnesium is a direct cofactor for some of the enzymes that is involved in the process of stereogenesis. So great supplement. The only problem I have with the supplement they used or the ingredient magnesium citrate is that the citrate isn't so as well absorbed. In larger doses, it's more of a a laxative. So I would rather go for either um, magnesium malate, magnesium taurate, magnesium glycinate, magnesium malate. Those are better forms. And as I mentioned, when you exercise, you sweat more, your requirements for magnesium go up. So one of my experiments where I use topical DHEA, and I'll link that for you guys as well. DHA converts into seven-hydroxy DHA, which is really good for thermogenesis. So you might have heard of the supplement seven keto DHA. That is a fat loss supplement. So seven keto DHA converts into seven hydroxy DHEA, which stimulates uncoupling proteins, increases thermogenesis, make you feel hot, you sweat a lot. So by using the topical DHA, I get the same effect. I increase seven-hydroxy DHA. Sweat a lot that increases my mineral requirements, especially magnesium and zinc. So, when you're active, you sweat, your requirements go up. So, it's really important that if you want to maintain optimal testosterone levels when you exercise a lot, especially if you sweat a lot, including soda and stuff, you want to get more magnesium. And then, lastly, magnesium is part of the supplement ZMA zinc, magnesium, and B6. Uh, usually in the form of aspartate, but regardless of the specific form, that is very good for lowering estrogen and prolactin, and people usually use it because they have high prolactin. So magnesium is also helpful for lowering excess prolactin, and prolactin is a negative regulator of the release of luteinizing hormones, so it kind like, of shuts down the whole process. So by lowering excess prolactin with magnesium and the next ingredient would be zinc, you can improve stereogenesis in general because you take the break off this whole process.
1: Now the next thing is uh, zinc gluconate, which is very bioavailable form of zinc. Uh, it's without a doubt the most important mineral that, you, that, that men need in their body for healthy testosterone production. Uh, it's responsible for tons of things in the body, but we're gonna just focus here on hormone, hormonal optimization. Now zinc supplementation, you can see on the study here, uh, they found that it, it does correlate with higher total and free testosterone and thyroid hormones in, in exercising men. The supplementation also results here in this study in higher total T, free T, and thyroid hormones T3 and T4 in sedentary subjects. So whether you're sedentary or training consistently, you're going to see a increase in all these hormone these bio- biomarkers by taking zinc. Uh, correcting zinc deficiency has been found to lead to rapid and significant increases in both testosterone and DHT levels. So here again, we're supporting DHT. Uh, animal studies have found zinc supplementation elevate LH levels, testosterone levels, and thyroid hormone levels. Again, an LH is very important for uh, signaling. Uh, to your, your the latex cells in your testes to increase testosterone production. And uh, this study noticed that zinc deficiency led to a 59% reduction in androgen receptors, and 36% of those were in the testicles. So you do not want to be deficient in zinc. Now, we pick zinc gluconate because it has the lowest levels of cadmium, which is, is, is a heavy metal that's found in other quality zinc supplements. Uh, there's a lot of cadmium in those. And, and zinc gluconate has the absolute least amount of cadmium possible, and it's very bioavailable.
0: So zinc also a fantastic supplement. A lot of people don't eat enough meat or shellfish, especially oysters. So they don't get enough zinc. So if you are a big meat eater, you most likely don't need extra zinc. Um, But zinc, as I mentioned, is extremely important. It's also a cofactor for the various enzymes that produce testosterone. Zinc deficient animals tend to have lower levels of testosterone, much higher levels of estrogen. So the testosterone to estrogen ratio is horrendous. And they also have much lower levels of DHT and higher levels of the breakdown products of DHT. So this is not good. And then animals that are deficient in zinc have higher levels of estrogen receptor and lower levels of androgen receptor. So you put yourself in a really low androgenic state and a hyperestrogenic state if you don't have enough zinc in your system. I just recommend eat your meat. It's very simple to get high levels of zinc. If you just eat meat, eat your zinc, eat eat meat, eat some oysters, you're going to get enough zinc. You don't have to supplement it. They have a good dose, 15 milligrams per serving, which is perfect. Some people just overload in zinc and they cause imbalancement in zinc to copper ratio. So their ratio is really good. Also, their form, zinc gluconate, is also perfect. So good job on that one. So as he mentioned, is that... um uh, animals that are deficient in zinc have higher levels of estrogen and also prolactin so both estrogen and prolactin signal the pituitary to stop the release of luteinizing hormone and then less luteinizing hormone means you stimulate the testes to a lesser degree you produce less testosterone so magnesium and zinc is perfect for lowering estrogen and prolactin which then release more luteinizing hormone in the pituitary upregulate the whole axis so you are able to increase the production of testosterone but with that being said, people that are estrogen dominant, they have a problem with too much estrogen, yet they just convert way too much estrogen, testosterone to estrogen. They might not benefit from using only magnesium and zinc. They might need additional anti-estrogen supplements. And the next video I'm going to make is going to be on uh, five best ways to lower access estrogen and reduce that estrogen dominance. But keep in mind with magnesium and zinc, you will not get additional benefits if you already have enough of those. They only increase testosterone if you are deficient. That's kind of the thing with all of these minerals and vitamins like vitamin D, zinc, selenium, magnesium, uh, calcium, iron, all of these kind of things. They don't boost you more if you are already sufficient in it. If your vitamin D is good, you take more, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be better off specifically when it comes to your testosterone and stuff like that.
1: Now, the next thing that we put in is one of our favorite ingredients is called ashwagandha. And we did, we used the KSM-66 ashwagandha, which has double the withanolide content, which is the active ingredient in ashwagandha, has double the ac- the active ingredient concentration as any other kind of ashwagandha. So uh, we put organic KSM-66 ashwagandha in here at uh, 400 milligrams, which is a very uh, healthy dose. And it's, it's something where you could take, you know, 400 milligrams and, and not get super tired. So ashwagandha is basically a, an anti-stress. It's, it's an adaptogen. It will fight the free radical stress in your body and it has a mountain of research showing uh, positive hormonal benefits. So... Right here, you can see several, uh, several studies have actually found reduced feelings of stress as well as significantly lower uh, cortisol levels in response to supplementing with ashwagandha. It's also here, you can see it's been uh, associated with significant increases in sperm quality and lower testosterone, or and increases in sperm quality and increases in testosterone levels on infertile subjects. So if, if you have really low testosterone levels, if you're infertile, uh, you can see a massive increase in just as little as 90 days uh, by taking ashwagandha, KSF-66. And in this, this non-sponsored peer-reviewed study uh, with 57 young healthy male subjects, ashwagandha supplementation alone as a control was able to increase average testosterone levels from 630 to 726 nanograms per deciliter, which is a really good increase for just one ingredient. And that's not even to mention all the other ingredients that if you have a good formula, you'd be consuming.
0: So the next ingredient is ashwagandha. That is a good supplement overall to increase levels of testosterone. That is a good amount of research backing it up. And people mainly use it as an adaptogen to lower cortisol, improve the DHA to cortisol ratio, which is extremely important for just health in general and reducing overall mortality. So people that have a high level of DHA to cortisol tend to live longer and the better. So that's a good thing if you want to improve that specific ratio, ashwagandha can help with that. And as I mentioned, ashwagandha can increase testosterone by almost hundred points on average, which is good, which is really good for natural compounds. So again, if this is highly specific, like if someone is stressed, they have high levels of cortisol. Lowering cortisol or getting it back into check is going to be really good for stimulating sterogenesis. So chronic stress is really one of the worst things for your testosterone. If you're chronically stressed, whether it be your job, your spouse, finances, whatever the case may be, your testosterone is going to drop because cortisol, together with estrogen and prolactin, put a break on sterogenesis. So keeping your cortisol in check. So when you use an adaptogen like ashwagandha and you do stress, you don't get the same release of cortisol And catecholamines to the stress as when you weren't using the uh, adaptogen. So that's a really good supplement to use, increases testosterone. I think it does have specific beneficial compounds that do stimulate testosterone production, not just via lowering access cortisol. So, so all in all, good supplement. The only thing is that some people do experience some like anedonia and sexual dysfunction from it, especially the KSM66 extract. But however, that's a small minority of people. And those people, actually report better results when they use a full spectrum extract i would also just go for a full spectrum extract instead of like the ksm or a specific extract just a full spectrum tend to reduce the potential for getting uh side effects so ashwagandha good stuff However, on their dose, it's only 400 milligrams per serving that you will use per day. And the studies, they used 300 milligrams twice a day. So that's 600 milligrams. So it might be slightly underdosed. What they rather can do is, again, mimic that. So you can take two servings of their supplement and have 300 milligrams in the morning, 300 milligrams in the evening, or a higher dose like 600 milligrams in the morning. Although I think 300, 300 will work better. Um, doesn't mean you will not get a boost in testosterone from 400 milligrams. The boost will most likely be less. Uh, because the total amount of ashwagandha that you take is just going to be less.
1: Now, the next thing in it is forskolin. So forskolin, basically, you may have heard it, or I don't know if you were, I don't know if guys have ever watched Dr. Oz, but, but forskolin was a craze a couple years ago. Dr. Oz kind of made it into a thing about weight loss or appetite suppressant or whatever. So it might get a bad name. However, they started studying forskolin in, res- in uh, respect to hormones. Actually has some amazing hormonal benefits. So you don't need to take it for, you know, as like a fat burner or whatever, but we put it in here because it is one of the most convincing herbs for, or leaves, leaf extracts for natural testosterone enhancement. So you can see right here, uh, it's well known for increasing levels of intracellular cyclic AMP. Uh, and the increase in cyclic AMP is known for uh, not only a stimulatory effect on testosterone production, which we'll show, you know, study here, some evidence, but also for androgen receptor activation. So this is gonna help increase both the testosterone production and the androgen receptor sites uh, in your body. In in cell culture studies, you can see here that it's been linked to a significant and consistent increase in testosterone. And in this study right here, uh, 250 milligrams of Forskolin was able to increase testosterone levels by 33% when compared to a placebo. So we put that dosage, we put the 250 milligrams here in Testro-X. Uh, it's, it's, Forskolin is a very convincing uh, stu, or, or ingredient, natural ingredient, with uh, good evidence behind it for increasing and helping with this this end, you know, achieving this end of higher testosterone levels.
0: So Forskolin, as you mentioned, Forskolin has previously been used as a fatal supplement mainly, mainly because it stimulates thermogenesis increases thyroid hormone production, can be pro-dopamine, can make you feel better overall. It's not very good for increasing testosterone at all, but it can increase free testosterone more than it can increase testosterone. So it does have benefits. So it increases free testosterone and it can upregulate the androgen receptor. So you can have a slightly better effect. So if you tend to have higher levels of sex hormone binding globulin um, and you don't feel as androgenic and you do have normal levels of testosterone, you might benefit more from using this specific supplement. But I think like when you really start to feel better from a supplement, it's more because it stimulates the release of dopamine. Dopamine and so androgens can stimulate dopamine, but a specific compound compound can also stimulate dopamine. So you get a more a greater release in dopamine, and dopamine is responsible for motivation, drive, wanting to do things, finding pleasure and stuff, libido, those kind of good stuff. So using for scolin that stimulates tyrosine hydroxylase, which creates dopamine you feel better it's not necessarily because you have uh, more androgen receptors and as i mentioned with the zinc if you're deficient in zinc you have lower levels of androgen receptors so replenishing zinc will make sure that your androgen receptors are the way they should be so when you add additional foreskolin will it have a synergistic effect will that foreskolin have additional benefits and how much will you actually notice that additional benefits right so it's it's kind of like the better you feel and then you start to use some beneficial compounds, you're not really going to feel a benefit. So if you're if your zinc levels are good and you use additional zinc, you're not going to really feel a benefit. But if your zinc is low and you use zinc, you're going to feel a lot better. So if you're already feeling decently okay and then you use for Scotland, are you really going to feel a lot better? So again, my whole approach here is to fix the micronutrient deficiencies. These approach is the same, fix the micronutrient deficiencies, and then you don't even need additional supplements. And then if you even use supplements, you're most likely going to feel like this doesn't really do much and I'm not going to rebuy. But I think the thing is people don't really fix their diet and lifestyle to the extent they can. And they keep on buying a supplement because it
1: really helps them because they don't fix the diet and lifestyle. Now, the next thing is boron. We well, talked a lot about boron here on Anabolic Men. And we put 10 milligrams of boron per serving, of boron citrate, which is very, you know, bioavailable, absorbs well. The 10 milligrams is, is a really healthy dose, it's a perfect amount. And you might not have heard about boron before, but it basically has a t- another amount of research behind it in dose-dependent linear increases in testosterone levels. And in this study right here, you can see that only six milligrams of boron for two months was associated with a nice uh, almost 30 percent increase in testosterone levels in these humans in these males. Uh, and 10 milligrams of boron for seven days was able to increase free testosterone by 28%, reduce estrogen by 39%, and boost DHT levels by 10%. So that's how much we put in here. Per serving, we put 10 milligrams in here. And again, that increases free testosterone in seven days. It will, this increases free testosterone by 28%, reduces estrogen by almost 40%, increases DHT by 10%. So that alone is going to help you.
0: Boron is a good supplement. It can increase testosterone, free testosterone, increase DHT and lower estrogen. Some people might be afraid that it can increase testosterone, but from the research that I've seen is it can increase low estrogen and it lowers high uh, estrogen so it kind like, of has this balancing effect if you're low it increases it a little bit not to the extent that it's too high if it's too high it can lower it so it has a balancing effect it can also increase free testosterone and dhd which all in all is good another reason why i really like it is because it's also antifungal can have good effects in the gut and it helps with the retention of magnesium and uh, calcium so your requirements is not as high so that's really a good thing to use uh, boron for 10 milligrams perfect dose for that but the question is, again, do you, are you deficient in boron? If you are not deficient in boron, will you benefit from having more boron? Most likely not. But there are some people in some countries that the soil is deficient in boron, so they don't have enough boron. So supplementing boron can be helpful, but that's not going to be for everyone because not everyone is going to be deficient in boron, just as not everyone is deficient in magnesium or zinc.
1: Uh, now we have another blend of of supplements in here. They're not. It's not listed as a blend, but we're we're talking about it as a blend of a nozitol glycine and L-theanine. At the right dosages, uh, we we call it the LH surge. So LH, like I said before, signals to your Leydig cells to produce testosterone. And so you want to have a healthy circulating LH level. So we took a which is uh, uh, has. And we're going to put the study right here. It's a precursor that's needed for the natural synthesis of GnRH, which is a gonadotropin releasing hormone, which releases signals to release LH production and, and stimulate LH production. So. Um, inositol we have 200 milligrams of inositol in here and we also include 100 milligrams of l-theanine which excites uh GABA neurons in the brain which release again downstream uh gnrh so l-theanine and then glycine which uh at 200 milligrams this increases the pulsatile release of gnrh so all of these things are linked with evidence in humans to increasing gnrh production which in- upregulates and stimulates lh production to go produce testosterone
0: so the next three supplements we talk about it's basically glycine, inositol, and then theanine, mainly for increasing DNRH, which is released from the hypothalamus, to stimulate the pituitary to release luteinizing hormone, which can obviously stimulate the testes to produce testosterone. But the doses is questionable. He mainly links um, in vitro studies. So this has not been shown in humans to actually promote the release of luteinizing hormone. So I like L-theanine because it's also an adaptogen. It can lower access a- a serotonin in the brain, make you feel much better, activate more of this uh beneficial brainwaves so you just feel better and calmer and not fatigued but the thing is inositol and glycine that might be a little bit of a small dose usually people with OCD they benefit from using up to 18 grams of inositol. so I don't think their dose of inositol is all that big it might still have a benefit but I think the dose is a little bit small and the same thing with glycine I think the dose is a little bit too small and you're most likely just going to get more glycine from eating like something like ground beef or just beef in general, because it has those connective tissue. And the thing is like, when you use a supplement like uh gelatin or collagen, I've never really experienced the same benefit from that versus drinking a good bone broth made from something like uh, the joints of a pot of beef or like oxtail. That's when I really get the best effects. The, the, the way I feel is when I have it straight from an animal and not processed in uh, gelatin form or specifically glycine. But the thing is glycine can help with sleep. Two other supplements that I think he could rather have used that will have a beneficial effect on how someone feels because glycine inositol and theony is not necessarily going to change how someone feels in terms of their energy, their libido, their motivation and drive, and their androgenic feeling. That's what you want. So you use compounds, like three specific compounds to stimulate the release of luteinizing hormone, but using those compounds doesn't change the way you feel. So why do you want to use something that's going to stimulate luteinizing hormone, but it doesn't really improve how you feel? I would rather use something that stimulates luteinizing hormone but then also improves how you feel. And two other supplements that I can recommend that can do that for you is cordyceps and also just which is a desert a shrub. So the cordyceps have leuconide, the, the cordyceps, they have a hormone mimetic effects. So they work similar to the leuthanizing hormone and they also upregulate the leuthanizing hormone sensitivity, receptor sensitivity in the testes. So the thing is like you have like this luthanizing hormone to testosterone ratio. So what you want to do is you want to improve the sensitivity of the receptor so that you create more testosterone for a given amount of luteinizing hormone. So this is what cordyceps can do for you. It not only mimics luteinizing hormone, but it also upregulates the receptor sensitivity so that for a given amount of luteinizing hormone, you create more testosterone. And it could actually improve your stamina and your motivation and your drive and the whereas the glycine and inositol and theanine will not do that for you. So that's one thing I'd rather use. The other one is just as I mentioned, is there's a trop which has long been used as an aphrodisiac as well, and it upregulates the whole steroidogenic axis. It normalizes kisspeptin. Kisspeptin stimulates the hypothalamus to release GnRH. It improves the release of GnRH. Stimulates the hypothalamus, uh, the pituitary to release luteinizing hormone This every single step in the pathway becomes upregulated when you use gestance and it also stimulates steroidogenic enzymes it's going to upregulate uh, DHT so it upregulates this whole pathway of sterogenesis and it improves the way you feel so cordyceps gestance are the two that I would recommend instead of those ingredients that might have been in two small doses So those are the main ingredients. It is a good supplement in the sense that it contains magnesium and zinc. So if you are deficient, you will benefit from that. Ashwagandha is a good one as it can improve the way you feel, increase testosterone levels. Uh, For scolin is, uh, hmm, I feel a little bit like about it. I don't think it's the best thing that you can use. It might have a slight stimulatory effect, which can improve the way you feel. But I would rather go for cortisol, uh, cordyceps and or chastoncide. So you can rather use like zinc magnesium, ashwagandha and chesanxi those three would be good and the thing is like he doesn't really use good aromatase inhibitors if someone is specifically uh, estrogen dominant or is they prolactin dominant one of the things that i would like to specifically help with that is longdan zigan tang which is a blend of different chinese herbs so it antagonizes the estrogen receptor at the pituitary similar to clonidine would and it basically upregulates the release of luteinizing hormone and longdanzigantang also upregulates a dopamine receptor which then leads to more dopamine and dopamine sensitivity lowering prolactin so it it blocks the effect of estrogen it lowers axis prolactin stimulating this whole stereogenic pathway so i've also written an article on unknown herbs that can Increased dopamine and low prolactin. I will link that for you guys in the description. So it's like these blends have been long used for centuries by the Chinese people to treat people with estrogen and prolactin dominance. So you want to lower access estrogen and lower access prolactin, and that will also stimulate um. Sterogenesis, but just on I can also do that. Ashwagandha, maybe not as good if you really need something that to, to stimulate you more dopamine. Just on can do that, cordyceps can do that, but also Makuna prurins. So, a lot of people benefit from combining ashwagandha with Makuna, only about a 40% extract. You don't have to go higher. I've never really experienced more benefit from going with a 98% extract, just go for a 40% extract and um. Yeah, that would be good for stimulating the way you feel if you, if you want to go for that. So it depends on what you want to go for. If you just want to chill out, maybe just use ashwagandha or some kind of adaptogen. If you're estrogen dominant, maybe use a specific compound that's going to lower access estrogen, like zinc is going to be one of them. Um, and the, the other ones that I'm going to discuss in my following video, in the, if you have hyperlactin, focus more on things like mucuna or something that's going to lower excess prolactin, zinc, magnesium, but B6, and mucuna, uh, pro-dopamine pro supplements. So all in all... A uh, good supplement, but there's uh, just a few things that I would change. Just in summary, again, magnesium good, zinc good, ashwagandha good, for scullin, maybe not. I would rather use cordyceps or chastanxi, and that would give you a much better effect for the way you feel, stimulate testosterone and sterogenesis, and having all of those uh, pro-energy, pro-endogenic feelings that you would go for. All right, guys, I hope this video is helpful. If you want to optimize your diet and lifestyle, the Alpha Energy course will show you exactly how to do that. It is linked in the description. If you have any comments, please leave that in a comment section. If you want me to discuss other testosterone boosters or uh, other people's protocols and give my thoughts on that, please make the suggestion in the comment section as well. And I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.